Get ready. Hello and welcome to another episode of College Talk. It's your host, Beth Brandon, and I am so excited. We are going to be, we have a really long episode um, for you today, but it's going to be really good. It's talking about this brand new um, way for folks to attend college and get credentials, whether that's an associate's degree or a certificate um, at community colleges within your district, and we'll explain all that later, Um, but I'm really excited because we're going to talk about that What I'm even more excited about is we're going to talk about ways that if you do choose to utilize this program, the Michigan Reconnect, we go into some things that you might not be expecting that might pop up as you're going through this college journey. So definitely feel free to give it a listen, and um, I hope it helps you feel more prepared and ready to take on um, this bright new future. All right, let's jump in. All right, everyone. Hello and welcome to another episode. Um, I'm excited because I have a guest again. Um, I am here with Angela. And I'm Hi. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here with Angela because um, I've known Angela for a while. We we were co-workers, co-servers uh, with AmeriCorps. Um, we did uh, pre-college advising at high schools in Michigan. And my first year, I was sadly on the opposite side of the state from Angela. Yeah. But then my second year, we were like basically neighbors. We went mm-hmm. to all our trainings together and had really fun car rides and all that good stuff. And then I moved again really far away yep. from sweet, sweet <laughs> Angela. Um, and, and now um, we are coworkers again, which is awesome. And our offices are really close, which is dangerous. <laughs> and, um, and, and so I've been able to convince her to come on and talk all about... Um, all about this new thing in Michigan. So if you're over 25 and you're a sweet baby, better made, eating, Verner's, sipping, oat, feeling, Michigander angel. (laughs) Let me cut in real fast. As a Chicagoan, I'm originally from Chicago. Let me say no to the Verner's part. We drink Canada Dry. I drink household. Canada Dry. I'm gonna out myself in the. I I yeah. I drink Canada Dry as well. Oh, so, but, but you were born in Michigan, right? I was. I was. My grandpa uh, was a staunch Verner's drinker. He wouldn't drink anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I hope I'm not a disappointment. But uh, I I like Canada Dry. I'm a good. I'm a big Canada Dry person. Verner's Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Sorry to get you off track. Continue. It's okay, okay, but we're going to talk about um, uh, this thing that's just, we just found out about it in like a staff meeting a couple of weeks ago. And and I was like, ooh. Um, And it's kind of blown up since then. I think it's gotten really popular, but it's called the Reconnect. Um, And Angela works primarily with you're an advisor, an academic advisor, and you primarily work with, and you're going to start doing career stuff too, right? Yes. Yeah. Ha um, And so you primarily work with early middle college and dual enrollment, but your passion definitely still lies in like connecting students to college. And so um, when this came out, I feel like both of our eyes probably like lit up and mm-hmm. like, this is, this is a great thing. Um, so I'm going to let you talk a little bit more about reconnect um and just kind of like what is it yeah well first thank you for having me yeah I feel like just so important that I <laughs> was invited to join this podcast I love it I love it um so yeah Michigan reconnect um if anybody has heard of future for frontliners it's kind of similar to that it's like a state um scholarship I guess is what you would call it um but for the Michigan Reconnect you did not have to be a frontline worker to receive it you just have to be like you said 25 years or older um and then you have to have not received um an associate's degree before or um a bachelor's or a master's (laughs) before Mm -hmm. um but um if you 
um, only have a certificate or a certificate of achievement, you still do qualify for this program. So I think that's a good point to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, and it covers, I believe, majority, if not all, of tuition. In district, right? So like in district, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what, okay, let's what is let's talk about what in district means because I um honestly didn't have any concept of what in district was specifically until I was in college advising. I don't think I like knew the difference even because I didn't I didn't go to community college. So I was like whew. Yeah. Um so yeah. So in district um, is so in district is um you live in the district of the community college in okay. which you're going. So okay. um I don't want to misspeak, but I think for it's usually the same county. I think, well, I think, I think things county. like I guess community college to community college, but it's my understanding that it's usually if you live in the same county as the I think it's based off of like taxes. So like if you're yeah. a county, if you live in the county and you pay taxes too. And so like where I grew up, um, I grew up in the thumb of Michigan. I grew up in Sanilac County. Mm-hmm. I was half an hour away. I mean, like 10, 15 minutes from the border of St. Clair County. But we were technically, I believe, out of district where I lived because gotcha. um, when the option to like pass, I don't know if it would be like a millage or whatever, but when the option came like that, we we chose no, those ta- on like those taxes. I couldn't vote at that point, so I shouldn't say <laughs> you. But um, they, uh, they, they chose, um, majority chose no. And so we were still technically out of district because we weren't going to pay taxes into um, which I always thought was ridiculous because that was the nearest community college. Like it was like the closest things were that community college or like something in the Detroit metro area. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so maybe Delta would be the next one, but that's like two hours. So um, yeah, yeah. But they, I think that's it. I think it's like if your county pays with like in your taxes, you pay into the funding of the community college. That would make sense because that also is why you can use certain like libraries for free, like get a library card. Mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. it's like the same concept. Yeah, yeah. If we're wrong, let us know in the comments and I will correct yeah. myself in yeah. the next episode. Yeah. And if you have other questions, you should reach out to your local community college's um, admissions office because mm-hmm. they would definitely be able to tell you mm-hmm. if you are um, in district or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And then, of course, out of districts would just mean that you don't qualify for that. And usually out of district, you pay more. Yeah. So I think it would be like, it's like, it's like with um, the tuition incentive program. If you go to a community college out of district, it's not that you won't get tip. They'll just pay the in-district rate. And And then then you whatever. Yeah. 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 And so I I think that's how it is with reconnect as well. Um, Which is still pretty huge because it could be that you're only paying like a couple hundred dollars a semester um, for out of district, which is still, you know, if you get Pell, you might not actually pay anything at all. So do your FAFSA. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Do your FAFSA. Yeah. March 1st in Michigan, it's the deadline. And as always, if you don't live in Michigan, you're listening to this, there's a link in the description that will tell you when it is due in your state. There's a loud car. Outside. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So make sure you click on that and note because your FAFSA is super important. Get all the money, yeah. the free money, the gift, gift aid, if you will. Yeah. And I didn't look this up, but you may need a FAFSA for the Michigan reconnect. Like usually they want you to fill one out prior to like, or include it with your application for mm-hmm. the, um, state uh, scholarship. So yep. it's, I always say the worst news it could be is that you're not getting nothing, but you're also getting nothing if you don't do the FAFSA. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. I don't see anything about the FAFSA, but I. And that might differ too from community college to community college. True. True. I always just say like, when when you do the FAFSA, you give yourself more options. More options means more choices, and more choice means more power. So, agreed. Give yourself the power to make the choices. I feel like I need that on a calendar. Yeah, like, I'll just I'll start drawing really badly, like on computer paper, like printer paper. I'll just write out really poorly, like little quotes, and I'll hang them up on your office door. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were going to make me a calendar. I was like, oh, I probably could. Canva. I'd be like, "Mm, are these days right? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
the 31st of February. Hang it up. Yeah, yeah, I can see that happening. So I wouldn't trust the days, but trust the quotes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so FAFSA, we're not sure, but I... I mean, if you have to have your FAFSA for tip, right? So I feel yeah. like, I feel like that's just kind of, and I think you have to have it for features for frontliners. So I would say to be on the safe side, if you can, like definitely complete the FAFSA um, just because it's one less hurdle to jump over later on. And again, same thing with talking to the admissions office of community colleges, like talk to their financial aid office. They will 1000% help you get your FAFSA done. Um, yeah. And they're like, total geniuses about it so they sure are yeah I'm amazed yeah Yeah. so I I love the idea of the reconnect because I think um and this is something that I've talked about with like other advisors and I probably have talked about it with you where I feel like there's well the summer melt is real so we get students all excited about going and then stuff happens over the summer and they can't or funding falls through or or a pandemic happens right yeah and and then all of a sudden it's like well now I'm working full-time I can't stop making this amount of money because of my lifestyle to like work half-time and then go to college half-time or not work at all and go to you know that that's not how it's going to work and I feel like this gives you the opportunity to be a part-time student and because if you have less than six credits right you don't get financial aid so you have to be taking at least two classes to have financial aid but that's not helpful for everyone because um, if you're working a full-time job and you have a family, you know, two classes on top of everything else is a lot. And so I'm really excited about this, but I also think it creates um, pressure and it can, especially if students start it right now, I think there's a lot of things that like, aren't necessarily like talked about outside of like within the like college campus or like directly to students about like, Hey, this is how you can be successful in this very different learning environment than what it was last, you know, February, um, a year ago. So, um, I think that's something that I think that we both kind of want to talk about today is like, how can we prep, how can we prep students who are thinking about going back to college if they had a certificate or, um, or going to college for the first time or going to college for the first time after like a few years, um, things to expect, things to look out for. And, um, you brought up some really good ideas too, about like things to think about of like extra costs and then, um, maybe some like ways, just some little tips and tricks to like help you feel more confident and like successful as you're heading in. So, um, where do you want to start? Well, first, I just want to validate in anybody who's listening to this that although these opportunities are amazing and um, very great for those who um, can really utilize them and um, I'm very grateful that it is offered to students, I want to validate in people who, although this is being offered right now, is not the time for them to be going back to college, that that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay to feel like life is a lot right now, which for a lot of us it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And you might not be feeling prepared to go to college, or, um, you know, you might feel like your prior commitments won't allow for it. Mm -hmm. So I don't want them to feel like they're missing out on, or they're dumb, or not dumb, but they're naive or. irresponsible to miss out on such an opportunity mm-hmm. um if because life is life you know yeah yeah I I totally agree with that I think it's um I think it's a fantastic option if people want to take it and I also think you know life happens and you can't put you can only balance so many plates right um and if you think that adding this plate on or adding to another plate will create so much like disbalance in your life that everything else will come toppling down. Like don't put that on yourself right now. Like there's already enough stress and stuff happening in the world. If maybe it looks like, you know, maybe the summer or next fall or even next spring, that's okay. Um, Just know that there's a resource now um, 
that you can use when you choose to go back um, and then use some of these tips and, and things when you're thinking about it. But yeah, definitely don't let this make you feel pressured. I like a great example. My boyfriend is still working on his associate's degree and, and everything. And um, yeah, I know. Um, and uh, he, you know, has a future for frontliners, but he was like, there's been some transitions in my job and I need to adjust to those. I don't want to also be taking a class. Um, and when the pandemic started, same thing happened. Um, his job looked very different. And he was like, I don't want to be figuring out an online class while doing this. And like, I was like, absolutely. Like, don't, you know, don't set yourself to set yourself up to fail. Um, you know, so I think, um, like, I'm not just saying that I truly believe in personal yeah. support. <laughs> like if it's not the time for you to go, it's not the time for you to go and that's okay. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Cody, I don't think he minds me sharing that, but I'll yeah. ask him later, I guess, before I, <laughs> I shared his name too. So well, he's been on, he's been on and oh. talked about it. So I assume, I assume he's been a different but... boyfriend. What? It could have been a different boyfriend. That's true. Uh, don't talk about that either. No boyfriend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's my, there's Cody who's, you know, awesome. And then there's this, the other one who's just <laughs> Brody. Alive. Yeah, Brody. <laughs> this part he's probably gonna be like no I don't love this um he'll probably ask if he's grody or cody (laughs) um but yeah okay so don't feel pressured which I think is huge because I do think I do think that this is a pressure because like I know the Michigan College Access Network um they sent out a really big thing about it to their college and high school partners Mm -hmm. um to say like hey put the word out and so if you're seeing it from these like organizations and you're seeing it from the government and you're seeing it from your high school, like maybe on your alumni page and maybe Mm -hmm. friends are talking about how they're doing it. Like it's okay to do what you have to do. And so I think that that is probably like one of the most important points that we can make. Um, The second one, and I feel silly because I didn't think about this with the, the extra costs and stuff, especially right now. Um, with some like schools coming back in person or being hybrid and some just being like, no, um, childcare, you mentioned childcare as a cost. And, um, I think it's a really big one to think about like books and everything. Yeah. But like, that's a big one. And a lot of these are older returning students who may have families, um, or maybe taking care of younger siblings, you know, as they're trying to navigate stuff with their families as well. So, um, yeah, I just think that was a really good point uh, that you made. And then you had some more, but I don't want to steal the thunder. So I'm going to let you take over. Like, you had like a list and I was like, oh, yes. So, and like, just to kind of go off childcare, just some mm-hmm. more, especially right now, um, previously set up childcare might not no longer be available. Right. Um, and with a lot of students who are of school age being homeschooled right now, mm-hmm. you, um, I can imagine some parents not feeling like they can juggle teaching and <laughs> and learning. Yeah, <laughs> and learning at the same time, especially since it's so different right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so childcare, I kind of touched on books. Um, yeah. Some institutions do have an additional fee for online learning, which um, I've heard a lot of discussion in the higher ed world of if that's equitable, especially right now, but anytime is that equitable right? Um, to make it, you know, more expensive. And that's a good question, you know, I think outside of um, the cost piece too, like there's already cost to have internet, like you have to have internet as well. And, um, my assumption would be that like for some fees, like I know some of the automotive classes that we do, there's like a specific program that you have to use or for chemistry, they have like different chemistry labs, but for a lot of online courses, um, you know, they don't use those programs or they use like my lab, which is purchased through the book company that, you know, you get. So I, I haven't always really understood, um, the why that's a me thing, um, you know, my own views, et cetera. But, um, I, it is really good. Raise a good question about equitability, equitability. Yeah. <laughs> equitability. Right. Equity. Yeah. Um, the equity in, in 
education because it is just another hurdle that students have to jump through on top of making sure they have a computer on top of making sure they have secure internet access on top of on top of on top of and um I think the idea or the hope is that like well if we have this online then anyone can do it but it's like no it's less accessible almost yeah Mm -hmm. and not to go down that rabbit hole but that rabbit hole (laughs) until like this past year because of COVID, some pretty big schools in Michigan did not accept online classes, mm. even if it was in your program. But if you took the online version of the class, I didn't know that they would not accept it, which I find very interesting. Yeah, I won't name names, but you know, you're out there. Um, <laughs> that's really interesting because I, I personally feel that online classes a lot of times are way more work and it's way more self-directed and it's, and it, I, I think they can successfully sometimes do that thing where you get that, that you learn how to learn. Cause a lot of it can be self-directed um, depending on what type of classes. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Cause yeah. that's us. Um, but it is so self-directed that I think you end up doing more work because you really are trying to like teach yourself how to learn while also learning the material. Um, yeah. And um, so that's interesting that they're considered or were considered not as um, comprehensive or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, And and books, I'm going to just throw something out. I, if you can get a book cheaper, you know, online, that's great. But I think it's also really important to double check with the bookstore of the institution you're at because with a lot of online classes with those MyLab things, you might not be able to get access to that via Chegg or via Amazon or any of those other book rental things. And so like you want to make sure um, that you have access to that because if you buy the book, which is like $100, and then you have to buy the access, which is also $100, that's way bigger fees than if you just bought the 60 or 70 or $80 package from your bookstore. So, um, like definitely like look and figure out what's going to be at the better cost wise, but like do it smartly and like really look at your options because books are expensive. They are. It has been a while since I've been in college. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but something I used to do while I was in college, like a template tip and hint was sometimes that online like access code is also an online book Mm -hmm. like the book is also online so depending on how you study you might be able to just pay for that online access code if you're okay with having a book online yep yeah I did that that in there I did that for some some of my classes and um I actually liked it because I had to carry around less stuff in my backpack. <laughs> it was just my computer. Um, I do like writing in my books. I'm like, if, if you ever get a hold of like um, any of the, the nonfiction books that I read or like poetry books, mm-hmm. it's like terrifying because there's like things that are underlined and circled and there's notes in the margins. Um, but um, I don't, I don't know that I've actually really did that as a study technique. That's just more for like me when I'm rereading something later. Um, so if, if you're a book writer, I could definitely say that that wouldn't work for you, but if you like to take notes on a separate piece of paper, lighten up your backpack and, and keep your wallet heavier, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, do it that way. Absolutely. That's really good advice. That's really smart. Um, trying to think about other things to keep in mind for costs. I mean, like if you're going to do this right now, a lot of things are going to be online. So if you don't have a laptop, um, that's important to make sure that you can get access to, I, I know some people are not a big fan of Google Docs. I am. Um, you can download a Google document, document as a Word file. And so if you have a professor who's like, it needs to be in Word, um, which does happen. Sometimes you can mm-hmm. do that. Um, you can also download it as a PDF and that's free. Um, but if you don't feel like you can make that work, then you maybe you have to download Microsoft Office, which I think they offer like a light version for free if you're a student. But if if they if you don't have access to that because I think maybe it's through like different colleges I don't know if every college does that um and you have to buy that that could be another cost um internet is a cost um and I think the the big one too is if you feel like you have to reduce the number of hours that you're working that's also a cost it is Uh, money that you won't be getting 
And so definitely keep those things um, in mind. And, and like just your regular spending too, like definitely make up a budget if, if you've never done that before, if you're thinking about doing this, because if you've got, you know, car payments and groceries and rent and utilities and um, plus you need to figure out how to, you know, warm books in there and stuff like that. Um, then, then we've been joined by a third member of the podcast. It's Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so I think that just like keeping normal costs in mind on top of the extra ones is going to be really important. Um, cause even with this college is still yeah. expensive. It's a big help, but it's not the end all be all. Um, and then, we were going to talk about tips and tricks, but I just had, I had lost it uh, when Charlie jumped on me, but I had some, do you have anything else in the meantime? I was going to say, I'm hearing again in the higher ed world that something that is coming up is some instructors, since they are teaching online, if they were not teaching online before, um, how to get, they're using software to get their tests proctored, but you have, you as the student have to pay for yeah. Yeah. to take the test because it's being proctored. Yeah. And I just have those two Chromebooks sometimes can't support running both the online platform to test as well as the proctoring platform. Um, and that can make things really difficult too. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so that's an additional cost, which again brings up the idea of equity. Yeah. <laughs> equity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Proctoring is a thing. Um, if, if your college has a testing center, they, they may offer an option if it's open, I guess. Um, and I would always say, take that option if you can, mm-hmm. because it's going to be free. Um, and probably the testing center people are super nice. So, um, they'll probably make you feel a little more comfortable than like just having some like weird webcam, you know, glaring at you. So, um, well, I guess, I guess the cost of time. Um, and I think we kind of talked about it a little bit when we were talking about the pressured, um, thing. And, um, I think just remember that, like, there's, I think this misconception that online classes won't take as long because you don't have to go to class. Um, but I, I think that they do take just as long, if not longer. I remember I took a medical, um, ethics and like medicine class over the summer. And I took it online um, because I was like, wow, I can't imagine like how dense and boring, truthfully, these lectures are going to be. So I'll just read the articles and do whatever. And I didn't obviously go into uh, medicine. So apparently it wasn't my, wasn't my cup of tea, but um, it took, it took so much time, so much extra time to read the articles to like skim through and find like the points, reread, pull that information out and then craft a really good um, discussion post and then respond in a way that made sense. And I'm like a pretty uh, organized, I literally help students be organized and like stay on top of things. That's that's my job. But I, I missed posts. Like, and I, well, I didn't come out of it with the grade that I probably should have because it's, it's hard to keep the or- online stuff organized. Um, and this wasn't like my freshman year in, in college. This was like my junior year in college. So I wasn't like new to everything, but I was new to online classes. And so if you've not taken it in an online form before, um, just think about like the amount of time that it might cost you. Cause I think it's greater than, um, greater than like we, think it's gonna be I don't know if that makes sense yeah um so now I kind of want to switch our brains into like college advising success coaching mode and just have like a good earnest chat about like what are some of the things that people who are thinking about going back to college or starting college for the first time later on should keep in mind or things they can do to practice before they start in the next semester um, to make sure that they're prepped and ready for an online class. That's a good question. <laughs> it is. It's it's a very tricky question too, because there's like a lot of layers. I'm trying to figure out like where I would want to start. Um, okay. I think go, no, knowing go your learning style mm-hmm. first and foremost, um, and that kind of touches on 
um, the different kind of online classes, which I don't know if you want us to dig into that. Oh, that's right what it now. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that first. Um, we'll go into this. So right now, pretty much everything, especially for our institution that we're, where we work, mm-hmm. um, is being offered online, but in two different kinds of formats. Mm-hmm. So um, there is the web only, which I say is kind of like a graduate school. It's course. very self-directed. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you were kind of doing it on your own, you know, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, it, autonomously. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, kind of set up your own schedule. You have assignments that are due throughout the time of the course, but you kind of get to go as, you know, Mm -hmm. you just have to meet the deadlines. Yeah. It's like a procrastinator's dream and nightmare and nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's no zoom attached to it. Um, maybe there's recorded lectures, but there's no, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's still office hours though, which I think is a big misconception. But and, uh, and you should go to them. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should go to them. Even if they're virtual, you should go to office. Yeah. Hours. Oh, yes, please. Um, and then there is Zoom. Yeah. Classes, which I think is kind of then more like your traditional course. It's just online. Yeah. I used to have a lecture you still have classmates that you get to see which I know some people either love or hate right (laughs) um but I think first and foremost you should know your learning style because some students will really love that web and that autonomy and being able to kind of go at their own pace versus some students need that structure of the zoom Mm -hmm. so I think that's something to think about Mm -hmm. Um, I have a, a reoccurring nightmare um, that I did have decided to take a intro to bio like bio class mm-hmm. and like a more advanced writing class, mm-hmm. and that I have completely forgotten about the bio class, and we're like five weeks into the semester, and I haven't done a single thing, and it's also it's like the web, so it's all self directed, and um, and I've been kind of working on the English one but I'm like behind in both and I have to catch up. And so if, if you're someone who's like on it with all the things and you already schedule everything in and you know, like, I will not forget to do this because I already schedule everything else to the letter. So I'll just add that in and I'll hit it. It'd be fine. I think the web web is for you. Mm -hmm. If you need the expectation that someone will be seeing you in a place, zoom it up. Um, do the zoom one. Cause, cause, um, it's, I think, definitely more easy for professors to also see if you're, you know, actually attending the class if with the Zoom as compared to just, like, the online stuff. It's sort of like if the first thing isn't due for a few weeks, they don't know until you don't turn it in that you haven't been doing anything. Yeah. Um, and that can be detrimental, too, for, like, support services because we reach out to students and we're like, hey, you haven't done anything and your professors are concerned. Um, but with the web one, you don't always get to know that until you're maybe too far in to make a a comeback. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think learning styles is a big one. Um, Definitely huge. Um, If this is something that's popped in my mind a couple times too, if you're looking at going into the trades because you are a very hands-on person, ask, call in and ask, are these classes, first of all, always set up an appointment with your academic advisor. Like always yeah, that. I know you're going to graduate on time and you're going to be on the right track and academic like, advisors everywhere. Just yes. Like, ah. Yes. <laughs> um, but ask them like, Hey, I want to do this construction electricity class. Am I actually going to get to like do stuff or is it like online? Cause that's going to be an important thing to ask too. Like I know our institution, some of those are at least hybrid, which mm-hmm. is part-time in class, part-time online. Um, and some of those, like, I think welding is in person right now. And they're doing like tests and quizzes online, but like everything else is pretty much in person. So um, it's not that everything is going to be online. I don't think maybe, I don't know, you know, how the summer is going to look, we don't know, mm-hmm. but, um, but um, ask 
and try to get an idea so that you maybe can, can figure out what's going to be best for you. Um, so yeah, that's super important. Um, one thing that I was thinking too, if you've never had an experience with an online class and you're like, I don't know that I can learn math from a video. That's a great question. Um, I I say this a lot on this podcast and in real time and in life, use Khan Academy. They have college level algebra. They have college chem, like all that stuff. See if you can go through and learn with that, those modules in that class. And A, you'll be prepped and ready going into whatever class you take um, in the, at the college. But then also B, you'll know, like, you'll have confidence in like, well, I already did this once. I can do this again. And it's free. Very true. Oh, yeah. And not to plug our institution, but plug our institution well, away. still doing, our learning center is still open. It's yep. being done virtually, but you can still get um, tutoring yeah. in various subjects. So, you know, if you need that extra support. And like the last semester, they offered like group study sessions for like all these different math classes and a ton of times and no one attended and they don't have us anymore because um, no one attended. And I think that's such a huge bummer that students didn't take up that opportunity um, because I'm not great at math. Like I've never been a math person, but I attribute passing any and all math classes that I took in college to going to tutoring multiple times a week. And we talked about this like, was it, I think on Thursday yeah. or last night where I was just like, I had to go to tutoring. And then I worked with like, I studied with other people mm-hmm. and the way that they would explain it, how they understood it, it, like along with the professor's explanation of how they did it. That's how I understood it was like those two differing explanations. Um, one of them, I don't think one of them would have been enough, but I had to hear it from like two different angles. Um, and that's what those study sessions are so good for. So even if you're in like a a history class and people are like, Hey, do you want to do like a review session before the test? And you're like, mm, but I could play. I don't even know what video games are cool right now. <laughs> Fortnite. Um, <laughs> like go and go to that study session. Gosh, darn it. Because I can tell you right now playing, you know, 45 minutes of Fortnite is fun in the moment, but getting an A on a test because you went to this study session is going to make you feel amazing. Um, you know, and not having to worry about like, am I going to pass or not in the middle of the semester because you've put the work in, um, feels really good. So, um, definitely let me just be honest. Sometimes (laughs) it'll feel terrible. You're like, (laughs) what? You may feel like, ah, why did I have to go to that? But you need to get through a class. So get through it. I always say like, it's, it's a really great lesson for like later on in, in like your life and work and like doing stuff. Do I love cleaning the shower and like, you know, the bathroom? No, but it has to get done. And so in doing these things that you don't like, but aren't harmful to you, I want to make that point. Like, don't do things. If you don't like something because it's harmful, don't do it. But if you don't like something because it's not as exciting or I don't like the wilderness, so I will not be out and it's harmful to me yes the bugs yes so therefore I don't do it <laughs> yeah that's why I don't invite you camping <laughs> um no but but um well I will I will invite you camping um but it'll be in a cabin there you go um uh and so um if if it's just because like it's not providing you with that instant gratification or that instant fun that's not necessarily the reason why you shouldn't be doing it. And so I think like, you know, that, that's what you just said, being honest, like it's not going to feel great. It might not, um, but it'll help you develop skills. And um, I always say it's like strength training too, like motivation, strength training for later on in life um, when you just have to push through and do stuff Um, because it does happen. And I, I think like, that's like the biggest bummer about like, adulting um is that there's a lot of things that you have to do that like you know I don't want to play pay consumers every month for my energy bill but here we are um and um so I think the it is more for younger students I feel like the students who are 25 probably are like but I, I definitely think like coming home from a day of work and then having the option to like do something enjoyable or go to like a study group that is where I think it gets really hard because you've been working all day this mm-hmm. is more work but if you can push through that, um, there's a chance that, 
you know, it can help you in the long run as well. So a lot of it is like finding value, like trying to look for the long-term value. And that's really hard. Um, especially when like short-term instant gratification is sitting right there. So it's definitely like a battle within your own mind. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to think of like study skills and there's a ton of stuff out there. College Info Geek is probably one of my favorite resources to give students for study skills. He'll do like research backed um, ways to study for like tests. Um, He'll talk about like test anxiety, help and stuff like that. And um, so I'll put a link to that website in the description as well. But um, I think one of the best study tools period um, is spaced repetition or using like the spacing effect to study. Um, You can do with flashcards, but anything that you do with like a spacing effect is you study one thing and then you give yourself time off from that and then you study it again. And so it's just creating like a long-term study schedule. Um, And there's like a whole science behind it. And I'll tell you what, the first, the thing that it originated from the forgetting, the forgetting curve, um, I believe was created in like 18... 80. So like, it's been around for a long time. (laughs) And, and, and it still works, um, works in education. They use it for patients in memory care, um, to help them, you know, stay connected to pieces of their life and stuff like that. So it's something that's definitely backed by science and um, an example, an example of space. Yeah. So, um, we'll go with like a fun example. So like playing guitar, if you're like learning from the very, or any instrument, maybe you're practicing scales one day, what you should do when you go to practice the next day is not practice scales. You should like practice chords or play a song that you want to learn. And then the next day you practice scales. Um, and it's because, um, with the forgetful curve, oh, you can't, because this is, we're on Zoom, so Angela can see me, but like you all can't, so I'll try to describe Her it. hand is touching <laughs> her forehead. <laughs> yeah, so it, you start out when you learn it, you're like here, and then you start to forget it. But then, um, so you let yourself forget it a little bit, because forgetting, I guess, is part of learning, right? Yeah. And then you have to relearn, and then it starts to curve down. And the more you relearn, the harder it is for that, like the forgetting curve doesn't become as steep. And so eventually you can kind of flatline it. So that's something that sticks with you or it takes a really long time to forget. Um, And that's kind of the science behind it. But another one is flashcards. So if you actually a really, really great uh, example of spaced repetition is Khan Academy, the SAT practice. They give you that pretest and you go through it. Everything that you get right, they put into a different pile and they'll occasionally have you review that stuff, but they'll have you study um, more frequently the stuff that you got wrong so that you learn it and then you have less time to forget it. So you, you kind of, you'll do it one day and then you'll do it maybe not the next day, but the time after you practice. And so Khan Academy Quizlet uses um, that flashcard website and app that people like. Quizlet uses spaced repetition. Um, so there's a ton of apps that you can use. Duolingo uses spaced repetition. Um, so like all of those big learning apps that you would use or learning sites all have a lot of basis in spaced repetition. And, um, I am a nerd. <laughs> I love that. I feel like they should be sponsoring you. Yeah. You said Khan Academy at least 10 times. I, it's true. Come on, Khan Academy. Yeah. Um, I actually have an episode called Khan, you believe it. Cause we talk about Khan Academy. <laughs> I talk with college board about Khan Academy. A whole episode. Hello. Yep. Yep. Hello Khan Academy. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's a, a big thing. So if you can figure out a couple study methods that work for you, because I'm going to be really honest with you, taking notes and then just scanning through and rereading your notes is not it. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't really do anything. Um, so definitely find study methods that work for you. And if it's writing stuff out on a whiteboard or like making quizzes and tests for yourself, maybe it's doing flashcards Maybe it's being in a study group. That's fine. Any of those things are fine, but figure out what works for you because mm-hmm. um, that's going to be really important. Um, I think one of the most important things for academic success doesn't actually have anything to do with academics. It's like organizing and managing your time. Um, and you work with high school students So I feel like you get to see students who come from having their time completely managed for them. 
um, to being in this sort of weird limbo where they are still having their time managed, but they also have this whole other world where they got to figure it out for themselves. And I guess my question for you is, have you had conversations or have you seen like ways that they're able to, they've got this. And I think of this as like a work way, like you've got a strict work schedule, Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden you've got to figure out how to do class like around that. What have you seen from those high school students who have their strict school schedule, but then have to figure out class stuff around that? That is something. So we, we have an orientation when students start and we kind of explain because it is such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Like in high school, like you said, their time is kind of being managed for them. And um, they're, I think, reminded a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. high school, you're, you know, you're in high school, you know, when the bell rings, that is time to get to class. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in college, it's very different in, in that sense. So um, when we talk about time management, I... I always say that it is truly on the student and kind of finding out what works best from them. For some Mm -hmm. students, it's a planner. For some students, they're overwhelmed by a planner. Um, And I think in this new age of virtual apps and things like that, that you can have a planner right on your phone, Yep. a reminder right on your phone. You can get your email right on your phone. Yep. And um, for most of them and us, I think your phone kind of goes everywhere with you. So um, I think kind of using technology. Yeah. And I would totally agree. There's, there's a ton of different things because I still think using like Google calendar, if people are overwhelmed by a planner, they'll probably get overwhelmed by Google calendar. So then for me, it's like, get a to-do list app. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, I just got one for cleaning. It's called Sweeply. And I have all the rooms in our house and like the tasks that we want to do to clean them. Um, and it'll just send me very happy. I don't love cleaning. Um, so it'll send me very happy, <laughs> positive notifications of like, Hey, do this. And, and, um, and you do like by time frame. So like once a week it'll pop up and be like, Hey, make sure that you're cleaning the sink or whatever. Or, um, like I put things that I wouldn't necessarily think about, um, like light switches, yeah. Um, we touch them a lot. It's a high touch traffic thing. There's probably germs on them, but I don't like, it doesn't look dirty. So I don't immediately think like, gotta wipe down the, you know, light switches. Um, and so like, it's nice to just have those little reminders, but it's not constantly in my face. Um, and it's just like a little thing that I go, Oh yeah, I should check that. And then right. I do it. And you know, um, and so I, I, I work with to-do lists. I use to-do lists at work every day. I use um, tweak, uh, the calendar app. It's like, it's like by day, but it's daily to-do lists. Um, and that's my favorite way to do stuff. But some people don't like to-do lists because they just ignore them and that's okay too. So I would really say, you know, play around with, with what is going to work for you. And like, you can again, balance that with like, maybe you want to learn a language. So you're learning like Spanish or French or Icelandic on Duolingo. Um, (laughs) and there's so many languages on there. I was looking at the other day and I was like, Hmm, um, but wow. you know, if you're learning that, what I said, wow, <laughs> yeah, you can learn a lot. So if you want to like, you know, put that into a, figure out how you can schedule your daily Duolingo lessons in, and like, it doesn't have to be like, you can figure out ways to do this before you get into a college class and then feel overwhelmed would be like my biggest piece of advice. Yeah. Um, and it, like in one way it seems silly. Cause it's like, why am I practicing you know, for a class, but it's like, if you go in and you're already confident, like that's one less thing yeah. on the stuff that you have to do. Um, so I don't Agreed. know. I'm not a big fan of practice. Agreed. Yes. And I just thought of this other thing that I wanted to say is I think there is sometimes a stigma associated with going part-time mm. or taking one class and thinking that you'll be behind if you are just taking one class, one to two yeah. classes. Yeah. And I, again, just want to validate that sometimes you just need to take one class. Um, earlier, you kind of talked about math, which is also my, like, no-no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm happy to be done with math classes. Yeah. And there might be, if you know that a subject area is going to be harder for you, potentially, and then 
maybe the way it's presented is also going to be harder for you. Um, Maybe you only need to take two classes that semester. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a smart move. Um, Again, it's, it's like knowing and understanding what you can balance and like what you can juggle. Um, You know, adding three classes to the plate that you're balancing is going to make it tip over. Um, That will impact you more negatively than not having three class, like, you know what I mean? Like you may set yourself farther behind by failing three classes. You will set yourself farther behind <laughs> failing three classes than by waiting a semester to take another class. But like you, like we said, it's really important to talk to your academic advisor because in those two classes, you should make sure that the ones that you're taking, if one's not offered the next semester, take that one so you can get out of the way in those two classes and then maybe leave off the one that's every semester that you can take the next semester. And, you know, so, um, definitely work with your academic advisor and, and like you're an academic advisor and you're saying this. So like, if you're feeling uncomfortable or nervous that your academic advisors will be like, uh, no, you should take a full course load more than likely, especially at a community college. I feel like your academic advisors are going to be like, I'm really glad that you thought about this and you put so much thought into it. Um, yeah, let's do that. Let's do what's going to work for you. Um, cause I think there is sort of this pressure, especially from four year colleges and universities to like get out in four years. And I think that's where a lot of that stigma comes from. But, um, I don't even think that's the norm there. If you're in an engineering or a nursing program, like there's no way in heck you're getting out in four years. Even teaching is like five years. So, yeah. um, I think, I think that's slowly melting away, but unless you're in college, you don't get to see it. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, definitely don't be afraid to like advocate for, I can only do yeah. two classes a semester. Um, cause more than likely what you're going to get from that is like respect that you have yeah. to put that much thought into it. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any, like get comfortable with a computer, I think is the other thing. Um, would probably be my last thing for like how you can prep for these online classes. Like you have to get comfortable on a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've, I've had students tell me like, I've been taking, um, I've been like doing stuff on my computer. So I'm just comfortable with it ahead of like coming into, and it's like, yeah, if you can find like an app to help you practice typing, if you're thinking you're going to take a writing class and you want to be able to type faster, heck yeah. If it's using Khan Academy to see if you can learn with videos. Yeah. For me, like those online math problems where you programs, you have to like write the problem in and then like the symbols are weird. Cause it's not what I learned in school, writing it out. Mm-hmm. Um, figure that out now so that when you come up to it later, you already know it, you know, stuff like that. So just get used to using a computer and, and applications because having to learn that while also learning whatever you're learning class yeah. seems overwhelming to me. Yeah. So. I agree. And some institutions, again, they might have an IT department. Oh, yeah. Um, they might have a tech center where they can help you mm-hmm. um, make sure your software is all to date. Just check mm-hmm. where, where you're going. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to ask. Um, when we were talking before about having access to computers, our yeah. institution um, was loaning out computers mm-hmm. for a while, which is like a huge deal. And I know we're not the only ones mm-hmm. who um, who do that kind of thing. So yeah. I think check, ask. Absolutely. I know they're loaning out calculators, like scientific calculators. Yeah well which is huge if you're taking a math class um and like I've had a lot of students where if you're online and you're um what is it Moodle or Blackboard or Mm -hmm. Canvas or um Google Classroom or whatever your institution is using isn't working call IT because if you don't have access to something or if you are hearing your professor saying like there's this thing that you should be seeing and then you're not seeing it like reach out to IT because it could be that there's a glitch with your program okay. and like don't fail because yeah. something's and wrong with technology. Early on, yeah. I cannot tell you how many students um, I have had, a, I wanted to say come into my office, but who have called me <laughs> and who have said that, hey, like my class technically started um, a month ago, but um I haven't been on, like, I haven't been able to log into the system. What should I do? 
It's like, well, it's kind of late now. You can withdraw. Uh, <laughs> um, um, so do it early on. I mean, and I think that's another kind of hurdle with this online learning is right. things aren't quite in your face as much, yeah. you know, and it, again, it's kind of on you as the student to just making sure the ducks aren't aligned mm-hmm. early on. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that like older students have a big advantage over younger students because Mm -hmm. they have had to be responsible for themselves. So I think like we've been telling you a lot of like, be prepared for this, but I think it's important to validate and say like, you are already coming in, even if you're not prepared for like the the college piece of things and like the ordering books and all that stuff. Like there are people at every institution like myself or like Angela, who I I sit on the phone and I help students order their books a lot because you need your books to do well. And so I'm going to make darn sure that you have your books before your classes yeah. start. Um, and there are going to be people on campus, any campus who are also like us who are going to do that. So that stuff, like you've got resources, like that could be taken care of, but you have the skills already of the, you know, self-responsibility and things like that, that other students might not have coming right out of high school. And so like, if you are feeling really trepidatious about, what a good word, trepidatious. Uh, if you're feeling really like nervous about that, um, also recognize like, you know, uh, just about the process in general, know that like you're coming in with a skill that a lot of students um, have to learn in their first semester and that causes them to make a lot of mistakes. And so like you, you are, even if it might not feel like it because you feel weird coming in older, which I don't think you should, but your feelings are valid. Do also know that, um, you are coming in at an advantage because you have life experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's huge. So like, it might feel like you, you know, haven't been prepped as much or things have changed and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but you've got like a better foundation of skills built, um, than incoming students. Sorry, incoming students, but it is <laughs> true. <laughs> Some things you just have to grow and learn. Yep. yep. I definitely know more than my 18-year-old self. Heavens, so. yes. Yeah. Thank goodness, right? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think about, like, if 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 I had told 18-year-old me that I would be doing this and I would, you know, know these things just about how the way the world worked, I would look at myself and be like, no. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, yeah. I think be proud of yourself for what you have accomplished already. And just know that this is just another thing to add to those lists. Um, yeah. Oh, one thing you said about certificates, sorry, this is like way off topic, but you said people with certificates can go. I know that at like St. Clair County community college, they have a welding associates and it builds on certificates. So if you're like, I've already got my certificate. I'm good to go, but you want to make more money. You might be able to build depending on what institution you're by. I think a a lot of them are now starting to have, um, like Montcalm college, I think also has, uh, that's a weird one that I know from college advising, (laughs) but I think they also have like a welding associates. And so, um, like I know that our institution, you can do like art and new media, like graphic design certificates, and then also link up into like associates and stuff. So like, if you already have an associate or a, a certificate and you're like, could I make more money if I had an associates in CAD? Like do it. Cause probably yeah. yes. Um, and if you can have that paid for to yeah, get money. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, do you have any, any big other pieces that you're like, I needed to share this. I do have two questions that I ask everyone. So yeah. Well, as we wrap up the final thing, and this is for any student, if you're 25 years or older and eligible for this program, or if you are the 18 year old, or if you're our non-traditional, you know, 60 plus student, mm-hmm. 80 plus student. Um, I know right now it's just really hard for everybody, um, whether it be because of school or what's going on in your life. And I just want to say that most colleges do have um, licensed counselors that work for the school that can provide mental health services. And so I just want to plug that there is nothing shameful with asking for help. Um, And I just hope that if you do need that help, that you find it within yourself to reach out Mm -hmm. and get it. Absolutely. And like full transparency, 
your host has also like seen counselors and gone to therapists. And so like, I, I, my mom is a counselor. Um, I, I did not see my mom. I always like to say that. <laughs> it's a big ethical con- just, uh, conflict of interest, but, but like, I highly recommend it. Um, you would go see a doctor if you weren't, if your stomach wasn't feeling well, yeah. go see a doctor if your heart and your head aren't feeling well. Yeah. So, or a counselor or a therapist, I should say. Um, yeah, that was a really good point. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I always ask everyone two questions at the end of our podcast and Ooh. usually I prep them, but I didn't do that because I'm mean. It's, <laughs> it's on the spot. It's like Jeopardy. Okay. Final <laughs> Jeopardy. Okay. So the two questions are, um, what was your favorite class that you've ever taken? It could be in high school, middle school, college. It could be like an online thing that you took from like a different whatever. Yeah, it could be anything. That's a big one. And then the second one is also a big one. It's what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received and best for you. So it doesn't have to be like the most groundbreaking whatever. It could just be like, this is something that has like set my tone or my path, which is still a big question, but you know. Yeah. Um, my favorite class, Again, it's been a while since I've been in a college class. I'm like trying to think back, like, ooh, which which class did I like? Um, I think the class, which is funny, this is not even anywhere near related to what I got my degree in, but it was my criminal justice class. <laughs> um, and it was because we learned a lot about just our law system and um, our instructor was very open about, um, issues in our law system and, you know, some good things that our law system is doing. Um, it just was a really fun class. I'm really glad I took it. I took it as an elective. Okay. <laughs> um, and it, I, for like two seconds, I thought, Ooh, I can be a lawyer. <laughs> and then, no. Yeah, I had a moment in grad school where I took higher ed law and I was like, ooh, I like this. And mm-hmm. then um, I was like, I don't want to ever be a lawyer for a, a university. That's stressful. I liked it until we got to the litigation part where I found yeah. out in the programming how like all the different ways that I could personally get sued. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this. Um, I feel like you, you would be a good lawyer, Beth. I don't know, listeners, if you know this, but Beth is a Libra. Yeah. I am a Libra. Um, I guess it's also like balance. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I think I'm a little too hot headed to be a lawyer. I'd get mad. That's true. Yeah. Same thing with politics. I think I am too. Yeah. A little too hot headed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's funny. That the moment of that moment in that, that clock class, you're like, I could do that. And then you get a little bit further into the class mm-hmm. and you're like, no, thank you. I don't want yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's so important to take a wide variety of classes. That's true. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's your, your, the, the best piece of advice you've the ever The best piece of advice. Boy, oh boy. Let me think. Oh, this was in college, but it was in reference to when I entered into my first career. Oh. Um, it was a mentor and she told me, she's like, never become unteachable. Like never think that you have nothing left to learn. Um, even as you're like continuing on into your career or onto like, at the time I wasn't sure if I was going to go to grad school or go into the workforce. So she said, just never think that you're unteachable. And that has kind of stuck to me and um, has definitely humbled me in some moments. I love that. Oh my gosh. Um, I had this quote in my office um, at LSSU for the longest time. And that like, I died. So I am like people, I don't know if you can see it or hear it, but I'm like gasping quietly as Angela saying this. Um, but it was, it was even the genius asked questions and it was a, a quote by Tupac mm. Ashkor. And I just love that because yeah, you can't ever be done learning because there's so much exciting. Even if it's like, even if you're like the world's best mathematician, yeah. I guarantee you don't know something about like a culture or the history of a country or, you know, and all those things are just as important as math. Um, And so, you know, poking at math again, poking fun at math, (laughs) uh, you know, the same thing goes for chemistry or bio or something like that. So um, yeah, I, 
I love that. Cause one of my favorite things to say to students is like the best thing you can get out of college is to learn how to learn and to just continue learning. Yes. Um, Ooh, chill. Put that <laughs> on my whiteboard in my office, that quote. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you'll have to tell me who your mentor was so I can put, I will quote like, it. This is Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I'll take a picture. <laughs> yeah. And I'll put your mentor's name and then I'll put Angela. <laughs> <laughs> um, good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is really funny. I don't know that I've ever laughed so much in an episode. I love that. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And to all of you listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Yeah. If you're looking at doing the reconnect program and you have more questions, um, definitely email me at podcast college talk at gmail.com. Or you can always go to our website, podcast college and use the little comment message form there. If you don't want to remember that email, there's a link to it in the description and, um, your FAFSAs are due March 1st. So get moving. Get them done. What, like 16 days until the end of yeah. February. So wild hustle um if you need help contact your local college's financial aid office um and as always it's been a pleasure to chat with you here on